Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin. And hey, we don't have a delay now, so it's like I can talk right back after you. <laughs> <the last> <laughs> yeah. Which thankfully, which thankfully, we're gonna go off the rails in the first twenty seconds. Which thankfully got fixed yeah. like midway through the episode, which was good. But it was really yeah. confusing throughout that one. Anyway, yeah. we're doing the sports betting thing on this show tonight. I am your host, Professor Sides, with the latest updates, information, and picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week two of the 2022 season. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every FBS college football game. That information, along with each team's power rating and a graded A, B, or C pick, either now or coming later, for every game is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. That doesn't mean that we recommend you do the same as our goal in this episode is to share key information about the games, give you a few things to think on, explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as we go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Cousin Jared will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared... <clears throat> We have not had a week two game yet, and I already am experiencing bad variants. Uh, we need to address the Wake Forest Vanderbilt situation where yeah. one, two days ago, I told you I was calling a Vanderbilt upset. Obviously, you know, we do the best with the information we have available, and Hartman being in or out massively affects how you view that game. Yep. Wake Forest looked very troubling in that first week. And now he's back all of a sudden, and nobody expected it. We're obviously happy yeah. he's healthy. That's always good. We want players to play. We wish them all the best of health. But the bottom line is that was not expected by anybody. Right. I don't remember what the model said, but the model was like, hey, Vanderbilt's got a chance. Now we run the update today with the information he's available. The model says it should be Wake Forest minus 11. The actual spread jumped up to 12. I think it's a pretty good line right now. So the Apex already locked in, the plus seven. It's locked in. And like I said, there's nothing you can do about it, but uh, yeah. it, it changes the whole dynamic. And it's very rare you see something like this where we didn't. A lot of times you see a guy out. You never expect the guy to just magically come back like that. And again, obviously, right for him and his health. But uh, yeah. that really takes a lot of the fun out of this weekend. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> then, hey, if Vanderbilt still pulls off the win, I'm going to, we're going to delete this clip right here. And we're just going to be like, I yeah. stood by it. I didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, and I heard he was coming back, and I, I didn't know if he was going to start because, I mean, I assume he hasn't been through, you know, whatever their their uh, you know summer been program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he, he hasn't been, been playing at all. Well, he had, he, he'd been doing he'd been doing unofficial. I guess he could do whatever he wants, but he hadn't been with the team doing official team activities, right? Right. And then it's just like, okay, well, today, whatever day today is, Tuesday. Yeah, he's going to yeah. be out there Saturday, and, yeah. and so yeah, it's just. I, I'm surprised that even after he was cleared, he's coming back this fast. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Obviously, I hope the Wake Forest offense comes back like it was last season. Because it was fireworks. a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it definitely, I'm like you, I thought maybe he comes back and, and doesn't start right away. And or I was still thinking it was supposed to be another, the way they made it sound, you know, another week or two at least. It didn't It didn't seem like it was imminent, especially when we recorded yeah. that first episode Sunday night. And then you start, you know, start hearing stuff throughout the day. And it's like, you know, again, good and bad variants, right? It could have gone yeah. the other direction, right? You just never know how these things work. Um, yeah. But again, that play is obviously locked in. Obviously now, viewer, if you haven't made a play on that already, uh, again, you can see in the, in the Google sheet that is linked in the show's description and on the website. Uh, I project now um, 
Wake Forest minus 11, so minus 12 is a pretty decent line. It's kind of in a dead number there. At, at 12, I don't think it's good. If you're able to lay 10, I think that might be a good play for Wake Forest. If you're getting 13, if you're getting 14 for Vanderbilt, probably still a decent chance because you never bought the yep. rust that he's going to have. Yep. But uh, at least right now at 12, not really much of an edge either way. So I uh, just had to get that out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> right off the yeah. disclaimer uh and before we get to the rest of the games we're gonna talk about this episode some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides share with a friend if you know others in the game hit us up on twitter or drop a comment from youtube we love those and try to respond to as many as we can Reminder, we've started up a Patreon page. For those of you looking to support the show, membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as exclusive access to our Discord. Where me and my co-hosts are constantly talking about plays, line movements, etc. You can get ad-free shows. You get early access to shows. So all the shows are now being recorded at night. You also have the opportunity to give a little sneak peek with baseball. Today I'll be posting lines early for those of you who want to support us through Patreon there. Um for all sports, get, get those lines out early. If not, you'll still get the lines at the same normal times, but otherwise sign up there and support us. You can get early access to those so that you can jump on the opening lines when they're off. Uh, kind of a benefit. We, you get a sample of that on the Discord. Uh, on Sunday, Cousin Jody, you were talking about a lot of the lines. They were coming out. Yeah. Um, so you kind of get a couple of our thoughts there on the Discord, but then if you want all the numbers, um, you can sign up for uh, the Patreon there and get special access to that. Uh Otherwise, let's get to the games. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Uh, show link in the sign up link in the show's description. And current as of the time of this recording, it is late night Tuesday uh, while we're recording this. All Saturday games, only two Friday games. Both those are in episode one. If you missed episode one, uh, go ahead and watch that. Cousin Jared pointed to the sky for us here, right in that corner. There you go. Yep, 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 right, yep, yep, right there. Yep, yep. Takes a little while to figure out where it is, right? Yeah. Um, have the link there for episode one. If you missed that, that's where the two Friday games are. Otherwise, it's all Saturday games. We're still off at noon Eastern, North Carolina at Georgia State. North Carolina still scoring points and still allowing points. I think yes. all the way on this Tuesday, that game's still still going somehow. Yep. <laughs> Playing a, a Georgia State team that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we saw with last year with Wake Forest. We've seen it the last little bit here with North Carolina, some of these games. It's like the handicap to these games is, there should be points, which is obviously why that line that total last week was so confusing. It doesn't matter yeah. that Appalachian State has a good defense. It can force turnovers or whatever. Like North Carolina's going to score points and they're going to give up points and it's yeah. going to happen fast. The same thing here totals up to 65. North Carolina is a seven point favorite. Um, I, I think that North Carolina to me, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, cousin Jared. I, I think that mm-hmm. North Carolina is a team that you're scared to lay too many points with them because their defense is so bad they can keep anybody in the game, but they can score yes. at will so much that like yes. laying a small number doesn't bother me quite as much. It, it's kind of how you feel about them too. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Because uh, the thing is, is that your offense, even with how bad North Carolina's defense is, you're going to have to almost be perfect. You're not going to be able to have a couple of turnovers because North Carolina's yeah. offense is going to make you pay almost every time that they have have the ball. Yeah. And so it's one of those things, if, if you're only laying a touchdown, it, it seems kind of like an appeal, appealing play because you just don't yeah. trust Georgia State to play a flawless game offensively, no matter how bad North Carolina's defense is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm laying the seven with North Carolina. It is minus 117 on the odds, but it's still a B-grade play, about a 4% edge. Your model says it should be 10.3. I, I tend to agree, because, Jared, I'm curious your thoughts on this. My, my perception on this and why I like North Carolina, if, if it was better odds or maybe 6.5, maybe it's an A-grade, here, here it's still yeah. a B. But I think there's value in North Carolina 
I feel like there's a little bit of an overreaction to everybody with how yes. that game with Appalachian State played out. But like, yes. Appalachian State is a decent team. It was on the road. Uh, yep. I, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to overreact to that game. I mean, I don't think it means that. I mean, North Carolina's defense is bad, but we knew that their offense is really good, right? I mean, it yeah, seems like there's I mean, some overreaction here. Yeah, I, I mean, App State relative to Georgia State is a much better team. Playing in yeah. Boone, a very tough place to play. North yeah. Carolina's uh, back, uh, or I, I guess. Yeah, North Carolina's the, the home team, right? Uh, am I, do I have that no. Where are they playing? They're playing no. at Georgia yeah. State? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Weird. I, I promise. <laughs> but I don't think Georgia State is going to be a tough place to play. <laughs> well, well, Georgia State plays it, well, what used to be Turner Field, right, in, in Atlanta, I believe. And, and so they converted it to a football stadium. I, 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 I'm quite sure that this is actually how this, how this happened. <laughs> I, I think that's right. I think that's but, right. Because I think when I heard about this happening, I was very confused. Yeah, so the seems the, weird. The moral of the story is, is as great a, a, as Turner Field was, uh, it, it's not Boone uh, on a college yeah. football Saturday. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that this is definitely an overreaction. Georgia State, uh, I mean, they've been, you know, okay. They've had some good seasons, but they also have some seasons where they're not that great. So, I mean, this is not an App State situation is all I, I would say. Yeah, and we talked about it on the last show, right? Appalachia State punches above its weight class with regards yeah. to it's a smaller school, a tough place to play. I think it's an overreaction. Like I said, I think it should – model says 10, I, 10 and a half-ish. I agree. I think seven's mm-hmm. good value. Uh, I'm leaving myself room to add another unit to this later on in the week in the event that the odds get better and or we somehow drop to six and a half. If not, I'm comfortable with this play, but we've got some – some room to increase our wager if it gets a little bit more favorable. Like I said, I just don't love minus 117. Uh, but I think there's still value on North Carolina. Also at noon Eastern, UTSA and Army. Uh, model on this one says UTSA minus 3.8, so 3.5 or 4. Uh, I'm laying the 2 with UTSA. It's an A-grade play for me. Um, at, at Army, UTSA played really well against Houston at home. Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, UTSA more than we probably should have, but talk about they're yeah. very good. They're a very good conference USA team. Yep. Um, I think they can go on the road and get get the job done here at Army. Uh, total 54 and a half. Uh, Cousin Jared, I know you have some thoughts on this one. Yeah, def- definitely some thoughts on this one. So the first thing I would say is that I would be much more concerned about UTSA in this situation if they had won that that mm-hmm. Houston game. But I think after, mm-hmm. after losing it the way that they did, they they had no choice but to come out and be be focused and ready to go against Army. No hangover because that's, that's really going to put a dent in their season. We talked about how good of a conference USA team they are. And obviously these, these aren't conference games, but two losses right off the bat at the start of the season. Yeah, not what they want at all. Um, The other thing I would say is that this game to me feels like a carbon copy of Army's last game against Coastal Carolina, where you've got, you know, two. I mean, the Army offense is is good for what it is. It is very efficient. But again, it just lacks explosion, uh, explosive plays. And well, not necessarily lack explosive plays, but they can be harder to come by uh, than than some others. And and well, their their explosive plays happen when you overcommit and the quarterback drops back and the wide receivers wide open, you know, that sort of thing or or, or break, you know, where you spread out too much on the triple option and the the fullback goes right up the middle for 20. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can have them, but it's it's almost more of like when they happen, it's because the defense didn't stay yeah. disciplined. It's not like they create, it's not like they create can create that based off of, you know, right. a wide receiver just burning the defensive back. It's like, if they get a big play, it's because you let them like you didn't stay yeah. disciplined because you should be able to keep them down. If you stay yes. in play this and it, it's easier than it sounds. I don't want to make it sound like it's really yeah. easy. It's not right. But yeah, that's what they're trained to do is to stay sound defensively. And that limits yeah. the big plays. Yeah. And, and so with UTSA, I, I see this being very similar with that coastal game. Coastal had Grayson McCall had a few touchdowns in that game. Frank Harris, I think is a good 
analog for Grayson McCall here. He played really well against Houston. I think he's going to have another good game here against against Army. So to me, Coastal Carolina won that game by 10. I think UTSA can is going to be able to win this game. But the question that I have for you, Professor, and, and if you watched any of our shows last season, you know this isn't the first time I mentioned it. Any time that there's a game involving a service academy, I get a little worried if it came down to the end of game situations you know these service academies running the the triple option the way they do are not going to necessarily be scared to go for it on fourth downs be scared to go for two point conversions you know they want if, they it's, wanna... if it's light they absolutely should go for two if, it, it, it's just like lsu should have right we're not but yeah. you know and, and we're happy we were happy lsu went for the extra point because we're like this is the only way we can cover our play. yeah yep, <laughs> but exactly. lsu that play aside lsu should have gone for two I mean, just yeah. bottom line, but, but, but army really should go for two yes. and they, and they're smart and they know that because the way they yes. run that options, they absolutely should just say, you can't stop us from getting three yards here and they should absolutely yeah. go for two and they, and they do. So, so I, I am always worried about that whenever the service academies are in place. So professor, I wanted to ask you based on the line that you have for, for UT San Antonio, roughly, you know, what would the win percentage be and how would that kind of convert to like a money line play? If I just told myself, I didn't want to worry about landing two points, you know, if UTSA decides to go for two or army goes for two and, and gets stopped and, and loses the game. What if I don't want to have to worry about landing those two points, you know, what are the right. no, it, for me? It, it's a good question. Uh, you know, running a little bit of math here. And this is where I'm kind of, I don't want to tease too much, but I am excited. Um, we're going to go way off the rails here. First off, <laughs> join the Patre the Patreon. You can join yeah. Discord. Mrs. Professor's on there. Mrs. Professor is actually building the tool so that you, viewer, can do this math yourself. So that the math that Cousin Jared here is asking me to do, Mrs. Professor is building a tool for you, user, to be able to type in your own numbers and find these probabilities. So so get on there. But she's got to do it. And so y'all got to bug her. Get on there and bug her. Just be like, hey, Mrs. <laughs> Professor, let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So she's building this out so y'all can use this, but I built this tool. I, it's right now it's internal, it's not external facing. And so if I plug in that I have UTSA, the model says minus 3.8. Um, using that, I have that they have a 62% probably 62% chance of winning. Uh, right now the money line is minus 128. That converts to 56%. So cousin Jared, if you take the money line, that gives you a 6% edge at the line of minus two. Uh, with the minus one twelve odds is what I'm taking. Um, when you convert that to an edge uh, based off of the probability they win by more than two, canceling out the push percentage and redividing out, there is some hairy math in there. It's not overly complicated. It's just more like tedious. Uh, I get that you have a 5% edge. So uh, pretty close. And we actually ran through this exercise beforehand with a different game and it was the exact same edge. And that's what happens a lot of times, which is why I tend to say with baseball money line, run line with football, you know, point spread money line, it's, usually about the same there's exceptions to that obviously mm -hmm. uh, but in this case you do get a one percent better edge and so i think because you're i think if that's the way you want to look you actually get a slightly better play there and if it makes you feel a little more comfortable i absolutely recommend uh, wholeheartedly going that direction yeah so i'm all about being just a little more comfortable and so i will play utsa on the money line here uh, i got it at minus 128 so so that would be an official play for me all righty. Uh, one other noon game we're going to talk about on this show, uh, Southern Miss at Miami. Miami's a whopping 26 and a half point favorite total of 54. Uh, Southern Miss is not very good. Miami, a pretty solid model, ranks them 12th um, hmm. 
Wow. Expecting some things in Miami for sure. Yeah. Uh, model says this should be 26.3. I'm going to like 26 and a half. The model doesn't say there's a huge edge here, but I want to get this one. I want to get it now outside of key numbers. 27 and 28 are the two most yep. likely outcomes for this game. And given that, uh, I like being on the right side of those. Obviously, Miami might win by 21 or 24, uh, but I think that 27 and 28 are just a little bit more likely. So it's a B great play for me on Miami. The model doesn't tend to like laying with big favorites. And so I want to lock this in here with the big favorite. If it gets a little bit better, it's not going to change much with regards to probability unless it drops a you know, a whole three points, which seems unlikely. Right. And then if it does go up into the 27, 27 and a half, 28, you have options. You can try for a middle. You can let it ride in just so you've got some value. Uh, so I think 26 and a half makes some sense here. Again, the model doesn't really love big favorites most of the time. Um, model. I, I, the main thing here is I think the model saying that Miami isn't really overvalued. And a lot of times the teams at the top are. So I'm going to trust the model and say that there's something here with Miami. This team can be pretty good. We'll see uh, if, if they're yeah. going to be this good. It, it, we always talk about, as a Baylor fan, back in the day right, when we were trying to see if Baylor was actually legit, a lot of times it boiled down to how bad did you beat the bad teams by? Because if you're good, you should beat the bad teams by a lot. And that's the thing here. If Miami right. really is the 12th best team and they have the offensive power, firepower that we think and they have the, the shutdown defense that we think, they should go out there and wipe the floor with Southern Miss. So I'm kind of saying let's yep. go out and prove it and see if you can. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say I think they're kind of – legit enough to be a potential potential maybe top 10 team top mm -hmm. 15 team and if so again they should they should handle some pretty well at home so yep. i'm like 26 and a half with miami uh cousin joe what do you think i have nothing to say about this game we'll talk about miami plenty next week i haven't i haven't even looked do they, do they play like alabama too probably no they're playing AM in college station oh well, well yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah. well i'm sure yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, 2.30 Eastern start time. Marshall at Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming off a game that they, they could have won that game in Ohio State. I mean, mm -hmm. Ohio State was the better team, but I mean, yeah, they hung around ahead. They hung around. Yeah. They played really well on the road. I mean, it was yeah. a great effort by Notre Dame. Really no complaints from them. Um, I I had an A grade play by the end uh, of the week there on them at the plus 17 and a half. Took the B grade on the show, then added another unit on Twitter when the number got even better. Um, and they cover for us. So that was great. This week, I'm flipping around the other direction. I'm an A-grade play on Marshall at plus 20 and a half. Um, a little bit of a soft landing spot here coming back for Notre Dame. Now, obviously, they should really handle Marshall. But after, you know, you kind of have the, the like you've talked about, right, the body blow theory, the play yeah. on a really physical team in Ohio State coming back. Yeah. They have real, no real interest to blow Marshall out. They get up early. They cruise. Um, 20 and a half is a relatively key number. Obviously, Notre Dame might win by 21. But 20 is almost just really just as likely. Um I think there's a lot of ways Notre Dame wins this by 14, 17, 20. We've seen Notre Dame oftentimes in these spots as big favorites kind of look lackluster, you know, either mm. either get up early and cruise and not cover and or look lackluster, make it a game, and then all of a sudden they kind of pull away at the end and win by 14. Uh, but it was a real scary game. So I think there's a lot of ways Marshall covers this. Uh, the model says it should be Notre Dame minus 16. Uh, uh, I'm pretty high on Notre Dame. I have them ranked ninth, and I think that's – that's generous, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I just don't think I could be any higher on Notre Dame. Marshall's Marshall's ranked 56th. Marshall, Marshall might be half decent. And if they're half decent, maybe they hang around in this game, make it interesting. It's a lot of points. I'm grabbing all those points. Agar play for me on Marshall. Cousin Jared, what do you think? I I think you you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I feel like every season Notre Dame has this, you know, really big game, either first game of the season, second game of the season, something that they've been kind of hyping up for all offseason. And then you they come back home and they're always playing like Toledo or Marshall 
or, or last, year, last year was that Toledo game. And I'm, I, know, yeah. I know I had Toledo with it, like a huge, I love Toledo last year. Yeah. And, and so they always had this game where they just come out and they're kind of, you know, either they're coming off a big win or they're coming off a loss, like for example, here against Ohio state. And they're just kind of like, meh. And they come around and they, they play with their food for two quarters. And, and then they put them away in the middle of the third quarter, or early in the fourth quarter. And they cruise to like a 13 point win. So this I think this is going to be that spot potentially. So I, I'm not making a play here, but I, I in, endorse what you're doing here because it just seems like every single year there's a Notre Dame game that's exactly like this, and every single year the underdog covers. Yeah, it, it's like uh, this. W- I don't know what channel it's on, but this feels like the game that would be on Peacock, Peacock. and yeah. we'd all be scrambling <laughs> around, being yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, is Notre Dame going to lose?" And by the time we all like signed up for our free subs- our free trial, you know, yeah. we finally get there, and then it would be like, "Oh no, Notre Dame just got up ten with five minutes to go. It's over." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I, I'm trying to find out right now. Is is this the I don't think the it, Peacock? Game? I don't. I don't think it is because I think we, we talked about yeah, it in the season preview. Yeah, it's it's on NBC. It, it is, yeah. is also concurrently streaming on Peacock. But yes, this is there on you NBC. go. Of course, yeah. yeah. So we talked about Notre Dame in the season preview, and there was only like one game that even could be. So I don't think it was yeah. this one. But three yeah. uh, thirty Eastern start time at Maryland at Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, uh, what's what's going on? <laughs> you okay there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Marshall. I mean, sorry, Marshall, uh, Maryland, it doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, Marshall, Maryland, probably pretty similar, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Maryland, uh, decent enough to go on the road and win by a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the model here says – the model here has Charlotte ranked 122nd. Um, they might be worse than that. There's only so many more places they can go down beyond that, but they might absolutely be worse than that. Uh, but the model says it should be Maryland minus 22 um 22 to 27 doesn't get you a ton right i mean 24 is there um and then obviously you have the push protection on 27 and 22 is not impossible either with uh charlotte potentially kicking two field goals right um it's 22 so i mean you got you're going from what the model thinks could be a push there you cross 24 which is very possible and then and then 27 could push you're not getting a lot i'm, I'm gonna take charlotte as a secret pick for 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 one reason which is I think what the model is trying to tell us is we already, the model's like, yo, I know Charlotte's bad. Maryland's not this good to be favored by this much on the road. So I'm going to trust them in a back Charlotte, but it's only with a C grade pick. And here's why I don't know what the heck's happening with Charlotte at quarterback. I don't know if anybody does. You probably shouldn't even try to do research because they played twice now. And each game, what has happened has been nothing like what we thought would happen coming into the game based off of injuries and how it's played out. So I'm just assuming that Charlotte is going to be like using their kickers at quarterback pretty soon. (laughs) So I'm not extremely confident in this. And I want to talk about this specifically because you do see a relatively large model edge if you look at the picks the projections in the sheet but it's not one that i have a lot of confidence in. just like i said because the charlotte quarterback situation is so bonkers at this point you know if the model is going to be dead wrong on something big like this it's going to be because it like i said the the offensive situation for charlotte is so bleak that they aren't able to score and maryland the way you can cover on maryland like we did last week with buffalo is they could just give up you know give up a score here and there and I'm not 100% confident Charlotte can score the 17, 21, right. whatever points needed to cover this number. So I, I think it's too many. I, I, I both think it's too many points, and I'm also not that confident in that. So it's a C-grade pick for me, grabbing the 27 with Charlotte. Uh, cousin Jared, do you have anything to say about Charlotte that isn't very mean? <laughs> well, the only thing I, I would say is that they they lost to William and Mary 
um, which sometimes around my house, William and Mary gets confused with Mary Kate Nashley. So uh, no, that's that's really all I have to say. I don't think that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so so this, it's not nice. And Charlotte lost to him. No. Uh, I no. I don't have any. I I and obviously I'm not making a pick on this game, but I I would be opposite of you here. I don't see how Charlotte's going to slow down Maryland yeah. at all. I think Maryland can score you know 56 points in this game, and then like you said, how how many Charlotte's going to score? So uh, yeah, this this one uh, might be over really early. Yeah, it might absolutely. Like I said I, I, I'm, I'm sticking with. I think it's too many points, but I'm with you 100. It's not one I have a lot of confidence in. So I'm kind of just yep. going to address that here before yep. we get too late in the week. That the model says there's an edge, but it's like I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I trust yeah. it. And that's the interesting yeah. thing too. And I want to talk about real quick. I don't want to get too off the rails here, uh, cousin Jared. As you brace for the next game that we're about to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I do want to address real quick though. It is interesting. Um, we always talk about, you know professional handicappers, the best handicappers in the world, et cetera, use a mix of models. They do research as well. They, they read, they listen, and they use models, they use multiple models, et cetera. It is an interesting difference to note between my college football and college basketball models. They operate very differently from my baseball. I think all three are very, very different from each other. The baseball model being a player-based model where I pull in new rosters every day is a little bit more easy to blind trust. And that doesn't mean it has, doesn't have its blind spots, but it is a lot easier to kind of say, these are the players on it. And we have a decent idea how good the players are. The cultural model being a team-based model is a little bit of a different story. And there are situations where you probably, you, you do, we, and I've talked about it, we do need to figure out where the model has a blind spot, et cetera, because there's no way to get around that unless I were to build a player-specific cultural model, which I just don't have the time to do. Yeah, uh, stuff. That would that would be like a full-time job because yeah. the players change so often. It would be so hard to figure that out. Um, yeah. So being a team-based model, there are situations where we do have to try to figure out the model is going to guide us in certain directions, but we don't want to just blindly trust it every week. Right. Whereas, like I said, the baseball model being player-based, you can more, I'm not saying you should, but you can more blindly trust it because the way it's built is a little bit, a little bit different. Yep. So it's a, a mid-show PSA. Um, 3.30 Eastern, Kickoff Appalachian State versus Cousin Jared's Texas A&M Ags. Texas A&M ranked eighth uh, here. A good team, obviously. Uh, Appalachian State, I've got them ranked 58th. Middle of the road team. Uh, I think 19 is too many points. I'm going to take the 19 with Appalachian State. It's an A-grade play for me. Model says 16 and a half. Uh, I, I tend to agree. Uh, if you put 16 and a half up, I, I wouldn't quite know what to do. 17 i'm like i'm grabbing the 17 once you get 17 and more i i start to like it a lot more uh total 52 and a half because you're, you're my you're my totals guru but yeah. 52 and yeah. a half seems high uh i don't see yeah. a lot of points being scored in this game i think that what we're seeing is i think i think and and this is and this is again where kind of like I talk about it's hard to really trust models in football. It's easier to trust models in baseball because baseball is an individual sport, and there might be some one-offs you need to deal with. You know, this is a fly ball pitcher in these conditions and that sort of thing, and and how cores affects different pitchers because it you know how the curveball. There's some you know weird nuances, but for the most part, kind of trust the baseball pretty well because it's an individual sport. Football is not an individual sport; it's a team sport. Right. And you saw last week Appalachia State play North Carolina. People were like, "Oh, Appalachia State is a good defense." let's put a lower total in there. And it's like, yes, but what type of game was going to be played? And North Carolina said, we've got better athletes than you and we're going to control this game. We're going to score quickly and we're not going to be able to stop anybody. And Appalachian State was like, we have to score it. So they did. And it yeah. just went ping pong back and forth, especially in the fourth quarter. This week, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to Appalachian State, the type of game they played last week. Yeah. Next AM, it doesn't want to play that sort of game. And I think Appalachian State's going to say, great, this is the type of game we'd rather play anyway. This feels like a low-scoring, boring, ugly game. This feels like 3-0 after the first quarter. This feels like 
10 to six at the half or something stupid like that. Where yeah. we're like, why are we watching this? Especially if you like points, I think 52 and a half is way too many points. I'm not going to play the under again. You're my, you're my totals guy, but I think this yeah. is low scoring and a low scoring game favors the underdog. I don't think Appalachian state's going to score many points, but I'm not sure Texas A&M is either. I, I, honestly, if, if, if your Aggies win this, you know, 20 to 10, I would be like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Um, so I've got an A grade play on, on Appy state here. Plus 19, uh, cousin Jerry, what do you got for us on this one? Yeah. So man, lots, lots of thoughts. So the first thing I would say is this line opened around 17, went down to about 16 and now it's jumped back up to 19. So, you know, 19, kind of a little bit of a, a dead area there. If you said you wanted to wait on this, see if it got to 20, um, which I don't know why it would get to 20, but I've kind of, I, been I don't either. Surprised. I've kind of been surprised how the line's been moving in general though. Um, maybe that's, that's not too bad of a play. I'm definitely not laying that many points with, with A&M in this game. If you're looking for a side, I think it's taking the points with app state or, or, pass uh on the on the total here i think you uh kind of hit uh app state there uh head on i remember last year it was a thursday night i had the over in the marshall app state game and i told y'all on that show that app state is a very efficient offense and they will kind of play at whatever pace that you want to to play at and so marshall played super fast last year that game went over because app state said fine we'll play your game and i think it'll be just what we saw last week yeah, and I think it'll be the exact same here. App State will be perfectly fine with slowing things down if that's how AM wants to play. Uh, the total started out around this number. I, I don't know why you said if. That is that is how AM wants to play. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So so this total has kind of gone up and down a little bit. It got all the way up to 55 at one point. And I was shocked. Uh, and it's since come back down to 52 and a half. Um, man, I, I don't I don't know. The AM defense is is so good. Uh I think I would still lean towards the under in this situation, but if I had to pick a side, I would probably take the points with App State instead of the under, just because that's a lot of points against a, a good a App lot State team. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say is AM still has question marks on offense. Uh, Devon yep. A-Chain was not able to get the ground game going against Sam Houston. He only rushed for about 40 or 45 yards. The offensive line was looking overpowered at some points. The uh, starting center was out with mono. Not, not, not sure when he's going to come back. Haynes Keen threw two more interceptions. And, and Mono, real quick, and real quick, Mono, for those of you who haven't had it recently, hopefully you haven't. Um, <laughs> Mono's a thing that can linger and you can be yeah. healthy and it still lingers and affects your lungs in in a hot Texas day, even if he's back how many plays can you play? You just never know. Right. It's like mono's not, it's not like a cold where you're like, no, like in five days you'll be good. You know, it's yeah. like you never know if that's how that's gonna linger around. Yeah, and, and and Haynes King uh, thrown five interceptions in about two and a half games that that he started at the at, at the collegiate level. So Is that good. Uh, <laughs> not not the best. Uh, and so I guess where I'm going with all this is I, I feel like with the unknowns on the AM offense, it, it sounds backwards here, but you know, if, if AM has turnovers in the wrong part of the field, that's going to turn into points for App State. Mm-hmm, and so it's almost like 20 points is just yeah. so many for yeah. a, a good team. And an AM offense who he's not exactly looking to run up the score. So that is way more than you want to know about the AM offense. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, if you can get 20, great. If you get 21, great. I, I, I think that's just greedy. I'm just going to take the 19 because 18 is possible yeah. too. Um, yep. I, I just want to lock this in because I, I feel like you can drop – like I said, it drops to 18. Now there's a push possibility there that we would win. Um, 17 and a half, it drops down that way. I, I don't see why it would go up. Uh, I'm like you. I, I, I think that App State's better than the under, but I would give this under a B grade, especially at 52 and a half. I'd give it a B grade at 51 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd still play it under that. I just wouldn't like it as much. I, honestly, I would play this. If, if, I, if you ask me, to, I, I think this is overinflated from last week with Appalachian State. I think it's just a mm-hmm. reaction to that. Um, I think 
you know, you do have the possibility of turnovers in the wrong part of the field. But if you ask mm-hmm. me to make this total, I'd hang 47. That'd be the number mm-hmm. that I, I'd pick. So um, I, I still think the total is too high. But like I said, I, I like you. I like I like the 19 with Appalachian State even more. Because uh, is there anything else you want to talk about on your Aggies before we uh, stop making you nervous about this game? Nope. Like I said, uh, we'll talk plenty more about it next week when Miami <laughs> comes to town. Yep. Uh, also at 3.30 Eastern kickoff, Washington State versus Wisconsin. Washington State ranked 80th according to the model wisconsin ranked 11th model says this should be wisconsin minus 22 so at 17 it's an integrated play i want to lock it in now here um it's obviously gonna be a low scoring game i don't see washington state scoring hardly anything Mm -hmm. in this one i want to lock in 17 being a key number again i think it should be higher Uh, i it's it's one of those things where people get infatuated around key numbers you talked about this before and that's where the model can kind of help figure out what key numbers matter for that game i think people are worried about the key number of 17 on this one and i think that's why people may be backing washington state but i honestly think the key number you should be more worried about is 20 and 21 i think that's more likely than 17 um i just don't see washington state scoring much in this one i think they're going to get the the doors blown off of them obviously there's a question can wisconsin score 17 points uh we always have to ask ourselves that anytime these big team west big 10 west teams are involved uh but i mean i just think this is a massive class mismatch at a tough place to play in wisconsin uh, traveling halfway across the country, it's still relatively early in the day. It's not as bad as the 11 a.m. Uh, central or you know start time would be being at 2:30 local time, uh, but it's still relatively early for West Coast people. So uh, low scoring game, but I just don't see Washington State scoring much. And it's about a tough place to play. And, and, and I'll tease you back here with A&M. You know, you talk about people talk about A&M. It's a huge crowd, but it's not really a tough place to play. Uh, the data doesn't bore, bear out that, that they have any more of a home field advantage with regards to the big games, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wisconsin actually actually does. Wisconsin actually a tougher yeah. place to go into. Not really sure why, because you know when, when you talk about a with all those people there, that crowd gets electric, yeah. you should have more of an advantage there. But for some mm-hmm. reason, you haven't seen it, but you have at Wisconsin. I just think it's too tough of an environment. I think this game gets ugly in the second half. Wisconsin runs away with it. Um, yeah. When Wisconsin gets a defensive turnover or a special teams turnover right after, after they score and get like 14 points in a row, it's just going to be lights out. So I'm laying the 17 with Wisconsin, a great play for me. Cousin Jared, what do you got? I was really disappointed with the offensive performance of Washington State last week. So the quarterback for Washington State, Cameron Ward, transferred from Incarnate Word. He was the FCS freshman of the year last year. Uh, took his, I believe his head coach at Incarnate Word became the offensive coordinator at Washington State. Uh, uh, Washington State was trying to do like the power five version of what Western Kentucky z- did with Zach Kitt. Kitley and, and uh, oh man, blanking on the uh, Zappy, the, the quarterback there from Houston Baptist over to Western Kentucky. They basically tried that at the uh, uh, Power Five level, and they only scored twenty four points against Idaho. They only beat Idaho yeah, by a, a touchdown at home yeah. last week. I was pretty disappointed with that. If you only score twenty four points against Idaho, uh, this Jim Leonard Wisconsin defense is going to be a problem. Uh, I think you. the projection. I think the projection means you score negative this week. I'm pretty sure that's how the, the translation works. I mean, that that definitely could be. And so, like, if you told me that this game was like 31 to seven, that is completely within the realm yep. of possibility. My yep. problem is Graham Mertz. You just never know when the turnovers are going to start yeah. coming in bunches. Right. And he was fine, which is all you needed a Wisconsin quarterback yeah. to be. He was fine last week. But I mean, you just never know when those turnovers are going to come. So uh, I'm staying away from this game. It's not because. I like I think that the side to be on is Wisconsin if I had to pick a side, but it's just one of those things that you've been bit been bitten so many times by uh, you know, Wisconsin quarterbacks and bad turnovers and everything that it just makes it hard to lay a number that that size. I'm sure I'll be kicking it kicking myself and regretting it, but it just seems like a lot of points. 
And I'm going to flip this on its head, though. How is this any different than Michigan last year? Because now we're all like, okay, Michigan can score, right? But no one said that a year ago, right? Uh, right? Am I, am I yeah. thinking about this correctly? A year ago, we were all – and Michigan State both. A year yep. ago, we were all like, oh, those teams can't score. They've got good defenses, but they can't score. And the model was like, I don't know. They'll probably figure it out. And sure enough, they did. And I think it's the same sort of thing. I'm not saying that Wisconsin is going to have the offense this year that, that, that right. Michigan – you know, that sort of thing. But I think it's similar because what you have is such a good defense at Wisconsin. That's part of what fuels Michigan success is good field position, creating yep. turnover, short fields. Sometimes those points come from the defense. So we saw it last week with Michigan getting a defensive touchdown. And I think that's the same sort of thing here. Like it just feels like the offense itself, if the offense itself is mediocre against a bad offense, they're going to get such good field position a turnover, a defensive or special team score. And it's like, they're going to score points, not because the offense is good, but because the defense is good. And I feel yeah. like it's the same sort of thing. Like we saw last year with Michigan, Michigan state. Um, I, I just think it's the same sort of thing here. Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah. Well, and I think the more that I think about it, maybe part of what's coloring my thoughts on Washington state. Yeah. This is, this is where we go off the rails is a- <laughs> after, after they got rid of Rolovich last year and how like mm-hmm. everything just kind of instantly turned around for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like an, a, a night and day team after that, like clearly before Rolovich was let go, that wasn't what the team was really like, but how well they right. played after that may have not been a true refle- reflection of how good the team was either. And, and so, you know, I made this mistake last week, and I guess, you know, this time I won't say fool me once I'm done with you on this one. I'll say, fine, you, you talk me into it. I will jump on Wisconsin here. I'll lay the 17 right. points with, with Wisconsin right. and say right. that what well, we'll go operate under the assumption that, yes, this is like Michigan last year. Maybe they're yeah. not that good, but the model right. sees something that the yeah. naked eye cannot appreciate. So, yeah, I will I will lay the 17 with Wisconsin here as well. All right, and I'll, and I'll add one last thing here just to because I think it's a good point. Uh, oftentimes, coaches get too much blame when things go wrong, and they get too much credit when things go well. Uh, and I think that's the role of it thing from last year. I don't think they were quite as – they weren't as bad as that uh, before right. all that fell apart. Now, that fell apart not because of play. It was a whole weird situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole weird situation. If, I, yeah. if you want to read, Google that if you missed that. Um, yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about it here. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a situation where uh, they they weren't as they but talent level probably wasn't as good as what we saw at the back end of that either the truth was probably somewhere in between the entire time right uh, four o'clock Eastern kickoff, Virginia at Illinois. I feel like this game happens every year and I'm down for it. Uh, I don't yes. know if that's true. It just feels like it is. And I yeah. love it. I love this. This is a, a great matchup of two very middle of the road, power five teams in Virginia, and Illinois model says, uh, Virginia yeah. is 62nd, Illinois 63rd. Uh, both of these teams, um, having some ups and up and down moments here, um, early on in the season, Model says this game should be Illinois minus 1.3. I'm going to grab the four and a half with Virginia crossing two key numbers in three and four. I think this is a tight ball game. I think money line makes sense at those massive plus odds as well. I think Virginia can hang in there. Um, well, again, personal preference, whether you go money line uh, or spread. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that either Virginia wins this or Illinois wins it by three or four. Yeah, uh, I'm all over Virginia here. A great play. What's your analysis on uh, for us here, Cousin Jared? Well, my analysis on this is, uh, man, that Illinois, <laughs> that Illinois uh, not cover last week was yeah. uh, 
a gut punch uh, for sure because they still yeah. should have won the game even with kind of how everything played yeah. out with the touchdown. Yeah. It wasn't a touchdown, uh, but we're not here to rehash that, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess we can be. It's our show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Um, I, I think the thing is, is like it, it just seems that Illinois finds a way to play close games that are down to the wire yeah. and everything. And when yeah. you're talking about a team that seems to consistently play that type of game and you're getting – Four and the hook, it just seems like a lot of points in this situation. Not even uh, to mention the fact that, you know, I, I believe we talked about it in the season preview show that like Brennan Armstrong, I think, is one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. Yep. He, you know, that offense last year could really light it up. You know, TBD, if it looks exactly the same or a little bit different with Tony Elliott as head coach this season, but it's just one of those things that Illinois plays close games. I trust the Virginia offense to keep them in the game. And so, you know, I'm getting four in the hook, which covers a lot of possible outcomes of this thing. Um, it just seems like a, a good number to grab in my opinion. So this is an official play for me. I'm going to, I'm going to take the four and a half points with Virginia. I agree. I agree. And because uh, I'm curious, your take on this, uh, you see both these teams rank in the sixties. If one of these teams decides all of a sudden to light it on fire and sneak up towards the top 25, it's probably Virginia, right? Based off of the quarterback play. I would. Or is it Illinois based off the defense? I would probably say, oh my, oh my God. Um, I would probably say Illinois because okay. they play in the Big Ten West. And like. I mean, the ACC, though. Um... Yeah. Well, okay. But here's the real issue. What division in the ACC do they play in? Okay. They play in the one that's not with Clemson, I'm pretty sure. I, but I, I don't no even idea. know. I, that, I, I, none of those divisions make sense. I can't. Their, their divisions don't make sense. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. So my initial response is it would be Illinois because they play in the Big Ten West. I just okay. like. The other thing that's in my head when you ask that is Virginia's defense last so year bad. Yeah. Was, was very, very bad. So the offense was so good, but the defense was so bad. And and I think I would I would trust Illinois to find more ways to win close games than I would Virginia managing to find a way to stop somebody consistently. Yeah. Well, in the season preview episode, I took Virginia's under seven and a half wins. So I'm going for the middle here. I'm looking for Illinois to win by three or four and get yeah. the double victory. So we'll see if I can pull that off here yeah. this weekend. Uh, one last game in the late afternoon slot here, 4 p.m. Eastern, UNLV versus California. Um, a game that California is favored in and should be favored in. Uh, I feel like that's not something you say all the time. Uh, California model ranks them 71st. That feels a little high. Uh, they really struggled last week at the start of the game against, I don't remember, it was some terrible school. UNLV, of course, is not good, though, and that's the reason why they should be favorites, because UNLV is also really bad. Model says it should be California minus 11. I'll grab UNLV plus 13. Only a C-grade pick, though. Not a ton of value on this one. I'm leaving myself the option to grab 13.5 or 14 if it gets up there, because I'd much rather have those two numbers. Um, Low-scoring game, though, total of 48.5, and so those points are more at a premium Um I'm not sure either one of these teams can score. UNLV all allow points because their defense is atrocious, but uh, it should be a low-scoring, ugly football game. 
like we always talk about, you don't have to watch them to make the monies. But this one, like I said, I'm really just setting up the stage for if later on in the week this gets a 13 and a half or 14, I could be a little bit more excited. Yeah. At 13, I'd rather grab the points because 13's got some push protection and UNLV may keep it close and ugly it up. But otherwise, unless the number gets bigger, I'm just not that excited about it. Because uh, right. what do you think? Uh, well, first of all, sorry, I, I have to go back to our last conversation. Oh, I answered okay. the question wrong. The answer is Virginia because they are in the I mentioned they are in the non Clemson side of the ACC. But the rest of that division is North Carolina, Duke, Miami, Pitt, uh, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. So definitely a lot of winnable games on the schedule and they get Syracuse and Louisville from the other division. And mm. so they kind of escape, you know, the, the Clemson, Florida State, NC State, Wake Forest uh, of the other side. So the answer mm. is Virginia. And the other thing I want to say is, by God, whenever Virginia and North Carolina play, what is the total on that game going to be? Like 76? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I'd go over 76. Okay, okay, there, there you go. Okay, so back to this. UNLV That's honestly, Cal. that was probably the best analysis you're going to hear all week on UNLV California. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Uh, so what I would what I would tell everybody, uh, you know, after you watch this show, stick around, uh, maybe watch the next episode later in the week. Uh, follow me on Twitter and everything. I might have a play on this game later in the week. Um, if you were following me on Twitter before week zero, I said that I think UNLV should – you should probably – be a good idea to lay some points there they were playing a really bad fcs team and i think unlv by unlv standards is going to be a little bit frisky this year and cal just i mean defense always going to be solid but man the offense just has problems and getting yeah. 13 points uh you know against a team that you're just not sure can consistently put up points um it wouldn't surprise me by the end of the week. I talked myself into maybe taking the points with UNLV, especially if it's, if it gets to two touchdowns, I'm not sure if it will. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, is the total like this, this game, I, I don't see how there's going to be very many points scored. Yeah. I think this could be like a 24 to 17 type game or, or something like that. So yeah. uh, stick around the rest of the week. This is a game that I may have a play on. I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than, than the books think it is. Uh, I'm just not quite sure if I'd rather take the points or, or go with the under. Uh, model has UNLV ranked 106th, and I feel like for UNLV standards, that's pretty good. That's that's really good. That's and they, I, good. I, mean, if, I feel like they're they're usually yeah. like around 120. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think this is going to be a little bit of a, a better UNLV team this year. You know, TBD, what that, how many wins that ends yeah. up looking like? But I think they're going to be more competitive. It's just and and again, side note, we're talking about you know that tool that, that we're going to put out there for y'all eventually. Here, we're writing a paper to publish about that, and that was one of the things we talked about in the in the paper day with my co-authors. Is just the difference between two points; they're not all the same. And right, the model says eleven, and we're getting thirteen. It's just those two points don't really help you a lot crossing twelve, right? It's just mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be. I think that UNLV is a little bit undervalued. California maybe a little overvalued. It's just eleven yeah. to thirteen doesn't get me excited. But I'm totally with you. Right. Thirteen and a half, right. I'm more excited. Fourteen, 14 for sure. Four, yeah. Fourteen and a half really get excited about it. I mean, 14 and a half yeah. is borderline a grade at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, you're getting really excited. So it just, we'll see what the number does. Right. And, and you never want to say never in a, in a game like this, where a power five team against a traditionally not good G five team, this line could on a Saturday morning, people are trying to get, get some action during the day and this line kind of drifts out. So you just something to keep an eye on for the rest of the week. Yeah. And there's a reason why, you know, we added some picks on Twitter on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Georgia fell last week to 16 and a half. And I was like, yeah, Let's do it. Like, come on. So you never know where the line's going to move. And then last minute, like, let's do it. Yeah, you know? because that half point mattered a lot. 
You know, I think <laughs> I think I said that on the show. Actually, it, we, we talked yeah, about like trying yeah. to protect ourselves, but I do think I said that when Jacobson we talked about the game, and I was like, I think people are like worried about this, but like I'm not sure it matters. Right, right. <laughs> um, to the night games here, 6 p.m. Eastern, UAB at Liberty. I feel like UAB and Liberty are teams that are always interesting to see what they do. Uh, yep. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. <laughs> uh, UAB solid team. Liberty struggling in the rankings here, all the way down to 83rd. UAB at 48. Model says should be uab minus eight talk about that two point difference crosses a key number here between 11 and 13 not a lot but six and eight is i'm gonna lay the six with uab it's a b grade play a lot more value in these two points than the two points in the previous game uh given the push protection on six and winning on seven with the model think seven is the most likely outcome that the game ends by um 10 also very much a possibility as well total of 50 in this one uh cousin joe what do you got for us with, professor without you looking and if you've already looked that's fine but without looking where would you say that you have uab in your rankings oh yeah i'd already yeah 40 whatever mid uab is in, in yeah. The, the, yeah. the end of the 40s they're they're ranked higher than yeah. 50 and, and liberty is all the way down at about 83rd or so um i think uab is is a really good team uh, you know we yeah. talked about utsa being a really good conference usa team uh the, the standard in that conference before UTSA kind of came around has been UAB for the past five, six, seven years. Yep. Uh, they've been really, really solid. Um, a, a couple of thoughts here. I, I am. So I am also on UAB here. I'm laying the six points. Love the, the six number. My, I, I, I'm shocked that we got six, not like six and a half or seven here. Um, I would, I personally, I would like it at seven as well. Um, all of my, my okay. UAB is good. We, we've established that the model thinks that UAB is good. I want to talk about Liberty for a second. Uh, we mentioned last year multiple times that when Liberty played a good team, Liberty had a very difficult time. When Liberty played the bad teams, they kind of whipped up on them. And, yep. and so I, I don't see why that would change. The other thing is, is that I, at some point we talked about having faith in Hugh Freeze and that the offense was always going to be okay for Liberty. But Charlie Brewer, poor guy. Heard again for approximately the hundredth time in, in his Ooh. career. And so as much faith as I have in Hugh Freeze, the fact that he lost Willis after last season and now a starting quarterback's gone after the first game of the season, um, you know, it just could be difficult even having his offensive background, trying to get a backup up to speed and rolling and everything. And you ain't do we, always defense. Do we know if they have a backup that's competent? I have I have no idea who the backup okay. is, but a, a a backup quarterback at Liberty going up against UAB's defense yeah. is not yeah. a good matchup, no matter what. I, I just and I say that I just wonder because he, he, I, I think I talked about this before. I love Charlie Brewer, the heart he gave Baylor for a couple of years there, just through those injuries, was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Love love that guy. Uh, but as you mentioned with those injuries, I feel like you had to kind of know when you're bringing him in, you, you needed to be prepared with a plan B. Right. Uh, given his injury history and given how fragile his body is at this point, um, all the shots to the head he's taken, shoulder, everything, right? Uh, yep. So you have to think he would have been prepped for this, but maybe not. I mean, maybe that's the thing at Liberty is you just kind of take what you can get, right? That's part of the right, problem. Right. Being a, kind of a have-not in the FBS world is you don't necessarily have the ability to say, here, I'm set up for plan B. Um, yep. I'm with you, UAB, a pretty good team. Yeah, top 50. Uh, Conference USA, uh, the bottom Conference USA is still terrible, but the top <laughs> – Pretty good. Respectable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. still not quite to AAC standards. I mean, this, you know, Cincinnati and, 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 and Houston and, and, and SMU, SMU, right? Still, yeah. Yeah. Apparently still, still SMU. Whew, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, better than it used to be. I mean, used to, usually the, the best teams in Conference USA would be ranked like 80th or 90th. And they were like, oh, they're not in the hundreds, but like the rest of the conference in the hundreds. Having two teams right. up there in, in UAB and UTSA in the top 60 now. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive for that conference. So, uh, Cousin Jared and I both on UAB, they're laying the six 
points. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Kent State in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 33-and-a-half-point favorite. Total of 71. Uh, get you some points here in this one in Norman, yeah. Norman on a night game. Uh, model says it should be 35. I'm going to grab all – I'm going to lay all those points with Oklahoma. Got us the winner last week. This one's all about the number. At some point, Oklahoma's not going to run up the score. They didn't last week, but mm-hmm. uh, 34, 35, 36, all reasonable outcomes of this game were on the right side of all of them. So I think it's all about the mm-hmm. number for this play. It's a big grid play. Um, again, the model doesn't really like laying big numbers. So when the model says to take a big number, I don't mind doing it. Um, I, I try to balance my portfolio with favorites and dogs. Uh, more favorites in this episode, FYI. On episode three of the week, I will take more dogs. Saving a couple of dogs because in general, the numbers get bigger. So a couple of them, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'll wait and see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. No rush to, to grab points early in the week. But I do think we should grab favorites earlier in the week. This number might go down if it does. You aren't gaining a lot unless it drops a full field goal, which seems unlikely. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'd rather just go ahead and get this number earlier in the week for fear that as the week goes on, especially you talked about on Saturday, never really know, but a decent chance people bet this up to OU minus 35. And it may mm-hmm. not matter. They may win by 40. Uh, yep. Kitt State uh, didn't look good against Washington. And I think Oklahoma is a little better than Washington. So I'm going to lay the yeah. points of Oklahoma and say, I think yeah. they're going to wipe the floor with them. A total of 71 means they 71 means they think that Kent state will score and that Oklahoma basically will score at will. And I think that seems yeah. about right. Yeah. Uh, Cousin Jared, what, what do you got for us? Man, uh, I hate laying big numbers, but man, this one almost had me. If this, if this had been like 31, I think I would have laid the points with Oklahoma and I, and I hate laying big numbers like that. Um, Kent state. So let me uh, read to you. I, I, I don't know if any of our viewers here have heard about Kent state's non-conference schedule. Uh, they played at Washington last week. They're on the road at Oklahoma this week. And then they get a one non-conference home game. They're playing. Uh, I'm going to go with long Island sharks. I think we'll talk about them more during the college basketball season. Um, so <laughs> Hosting Long Island, and then they go on the road and play at Georgia. Three of their mm. non-conference games at Washington, at Oklahoma, at Georgia. I don't know when the wheels progressively come off worse. <laughs> yes, I don't know when the wheels come off for Kent State, and not like the wheels come off of like their season's going to go awry, but like the wheels come off of like guys, we just got to get to our conference slate healthy. We can't yeah. be running these people out here and just getting beat up over and over and over again. Maybe that's this week. Maybe that's in two weeks against Georgia. I don't know when it is, but at some point, in my opinion, you're probably going to get some very, um, I don't know. You're, you're going to be trotting out some weird lineups, I think, with Kent State in you know the third and fourth quarter of some of these games, like because you just you can't be like sacrificing the team to to these amazing but, you know, other teams that they're having to play. But let me give you a counter to that, which is mm. if you let the backups play, those guys might get hurt. <laughs> like it might that get is, really bad, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that is true. It's tough. I feel like if you're if you're Kent State's football coach, you have to be really shaking your fist at the athletic director. Be like, I don't care how much money you're making. Why did you do this to me? Uh, but you're right. They're in a, they're in a no win spot. I mean, they're in a no win yeah. spot here with regards to you. You, you don't want to play the kids and the freshmen yeah. and the sophomores that aren't ready and have them get embarrassed and maybe hurt. Depending on, especially some of them being small yeah. or haven't been in the weight room as much, are going to get demolished yeah. by Georgia. I mean, you yeah. just you, what you hope. What you hope to happen here against OU and against Georgia is you hope that it gets ugly quick enough that OU and Georgia put their backups in and you can put your backups in and then it just stays ugly. Right. And it's not right. Situations where people are yeah. getting hurt and embarrassed, yeah. but I mean, it's a no win situation for, for uh, the go- yeah. the golden flashes who can have some nice uniform combinations, but that's really all they've got going for them. I feel like. 
Yeah, yeah, and and I, I don't know if I've ever do, done this before. I'm gonna I'm gonna break into our our football show, our college football show, with a baseball update. The under eight in Oakland <laughs> is done in the bottom of the third inning. So uh, yeah, there have been eleven runs in two and a half innings. So um, yeah, just sorry, I had to cross pollinate here a little bit. No, I saw I saw that happening, and I was like, I'm not even gonna say anything. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> de- de- definitely, a, uh, definitely. Uh a score that nobody saw coming except for the fact that we joked about liking the under and there was going to be a billion runs and I still didn't even see yeah. this coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, seven o'clock Eastern uh, kickoff Eastern Michigan at Louisiana, the X fighting Billy Napiers uh, <laughs> taking on uh, Eastern Michigan, in a non-conference game. Eastern Michigan ranks 110th. Uh, Louisiana still ranks 66th. Model says this should be mm-hmm. Louisiana minus 13. I'll take Louisiana minus 12 just to stay on the right side of 14. It's another situation where I think this number, again, I'm, I'm about two out of three on these, which direction the number's going to go. Um, can't promise all of them, but my hunch is if it moves, it may stay right on the dead number at 12. It's very possible, but if it were to move, my hunch is it heads towards 14. I'd rather just lay 12. I don't think it goes to 10. If it does, that's exciting because I'd be much more excited to lay 10. But I'll grab a C pick. I'm, I'm grabbing the C pick at 12. If it goes up towards 14, it is what it is. We've got a small investment on in Louisiana. If it goes down, I've given myself room to add more units depending on how much it goes down by. I think Louisiana wins this game handled. I think they're a the much better team. Eastern Michigan, I just don't think is in the same class as them. Louisiana fan base, pretty strong. Another place that kind of punches above their weight class with regards to the home crowd. Um, really the state of Louisiana, pretty underrated, I think, with regards to college football fandom. Um, I think they can run away with this one. Cousin Jude, what do you think? So people that I trust have said that they think that Louisiana is potentially going to be in not not in trouble this year. They're still going to be fine, but that yep. they had a, a much bigger talent drain from that team after Napier yep. left and had a bunch of transfers and everything else. So I, I don't I don't necessarily want to say anything specific to this game, but it's something that I'm watching. We've just been so programmed well, long, that long term. I'd be nervous for sure. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things I'm watching throughout the season because Louisiana, I feel like they I feel like they made a living out of just like winning games by like 11 points. Like they won games <laughs> by 11 points, 11 points. And then you would say, you know what? This is going to come up to bite them against like App State. And then they would like crush App State. Like yeah. Every time yeah. they had a tough Sunbelt game, they would just, you know, take it up a notch and they would crush them. They crush them in the championship game. They would always play really well in their bowl games. Um, so this is just, I, I don't have really any analysis on this game, but just something I'm watching for the season is how Louisiana progresses after Napier leaves. And I will say that the model knows this. The model taking that into account. Last year, Louisiana closed the season ranked 42nd. Uh, hmm. This year, of course, uh, as I already mentioned, they are 66. So the model's already dropped them 24 spots from last year based off of the transfers out. So the model's already saying, expects them not to be as, as good. So yeah. whatever that's worth, the, the model the model's already the model's already hedging that direction and saying we think that's what's going to happen as the season yeah. plays out. The question, of course, that you have to ask is, is it going to be even worse than that? Or will it be not that bad? The model's just kind of taking a middle of the road approach and saying it's going to get worse and they're not as good. The issue is that at Eastern Michigan, just mm-hmm. not in the bottom, bottom tier, but I mean, just not a very good football team. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And and uh, I have to say Eastern Michigan coach, Chris Creighton, like what he's done at Eastern Michigan is like unbelievable. Since he's been there, they've won okay two games, one game. Okay. That's what you expect when you're coaching Eastern, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Seven games, five games, seven games, six games, two games, seven games. Uh, they, they, they won the first game this season. So like, I just have to say like 
Chris Creighton, like you are an amazing person that you have gotten Eastern Michigan to the point where like every other year they're going to a bowl game. So yeah. kudos to you, sir. Yep. And just a comment, just to finish it off there, the reason why they're able to win seven games and still be ranked 110th is the Mac is terrible. And yes. it's sad yes. because the Mac, the Mac used to be the frisky like Conference USA type thing, and they're not anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad. I, yeah. I still love Maction, but I feel like the Mac teams there was a time when like Northern Illinois was good. And, and I mean, there were just a handful of like, you know, Toledo had some decent teams and right. it was just a, it, none of them obviously top 10. Right. But I mean, there were some times right. there were some decent teams there. And now the Mac is just really falling by the wayside, which is, right. which is why, again, you can have a, a, a seven and five team still ranked in the hundreds because they're beating up on crappy Mac teams. And so, yeah, good yeah. for him for being able to do that, but relative to the rest of FBS still, obviously yeah. Eastern Michigan is a long way to go. Yep. Uh, speaking of a long way to go, um, this game, um, <laughs> this is the, the the toilet bowl game of the week here, Florida International, yeah. Texas State. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not close. close. It is not close. It's not close. It's not close. No, this is by far the stinker of the week. Stinker in that both teams are bad. Uh, Michigan-Hawaii yeah. takes the cake for uh, biggest blowout, a projected yeah. blowout, of course, uh, yeah. by, by also not by a mile. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that one on the next episode. I, I'm so looking forward to, to talking about Hawaii-Michigan. Yes. Um, Texas State's a 14-point favorite. Uh, Kiss and Jared, you made the comment at, at the beginning, and so I'll, I'll kind of let you start off with this. Uh, how is Texas State 14-point favorites against anybody, literally, in FBS? Could not tell you why. Uh, well, okay. So I cannot tell you logically and using facts and, and reason and statistics <laughs> why Texas State would be favored by 14 points against we, anybody. We tend we tend to try to use brains and logic. And, and you don't even, it's kind of yes. some statistics are good, but if nothing else, logic. We'd like to use logic yeah. in these parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and there there is none on this one. I mean, Nevada, we, we, we talked about, I mean, at least I've talked about how I had quite lots of questions about Nevada. They didn't exactly look great against New Mexico State. And, and, and Texas State went out to Nevada and just got crushed by by Nevada. Nevada and, the, and, now, and now Asterix, Nevada did really well with a turnover differential. But even without yeah. that, Nevada still wins that game. They just don't win it yeah. by as much. But but yeah, again, Nevada's Nevada not a good football team still yeah. wins that game even without that, probably handily, maybe just not by yeah. as much. I mean, yeah, like it, not a good showing, Texas State. Not a good showing. No, not at all. And, but the reason that this line is the way it is is because FIU had to go to overtime to beat Bryant. And, and if this were the college basketball show, I'd be telling you to pound the Bryant over. But the problem is, is that this is not the college basketball show. This is the college football show. And I don't know anything about Bryant, except that they have no, no business being in a game with an FBS team, much less taking it to overtime. And, and so yeah. that's why this number is the way it is. Look, I, I, I'm just going to be completely transparent with you, viewer. Both of these teams are garbage, and yeah, I do not want any are. part of this game at all all but by any math and reason and, and logic and any just anything that you've watched of texas state football at least being in the state of texas i i have had a closer seat to texas state football there's no reason they should be laying 14 points to anybody period yeah. no matter who yeah. it is um cousin jared i feel like we need to do a live chat on saturday night seven o'clock eastern oh god <laughs> where all we do is watch this game and nothing else and chat with the viewers about this game <sighs> If, what do you say? <laughs> Will our eyes bleed by the end of the night? <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, what various forms of torture would I rather, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. go for as opposed to watching this game? There are there are more than a few things, I think. Exactly. I, I, I don't know if I could bring myself <laughs> to do that. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be terrible football. Look, I've got yeah. an A play on Florida International here at plus fourteen. Texas State should not be favored by fourteen over anybody. Full stop. Yeah. Period. I don't yeah. care about what you say about Florida International unless they lost to you know an NAI school. This line is way too high. Model says it should right. be seven point eight. Uh, Cousin Jerry and I were talking about this before the show started. Uh, if this game was seven and a half, uh, and they dared you to lay more than seven, I wouldn't know what to do. Um, otherwise, Texas State is absolutely terrible. Florida National is too. Florida National is heading towards the bottom of the rankings. Them in Hawaii are in a race for the worst team in college football this season, trying to take the mantle away from UMass, UConn, and New Mexico State, who've been in a three-way battle for for number last uh, right. for the last several years now. It seems like. Uh, FIU is absolutely terrible. Texas State isn't that much better than them. I mean, they are one notch above, and one notch above should not make a 14-point favorite. That doesn't mean that Texas State can't win by more than 14. Again, as we talk about, you can lose every single play. There are no locks in gambling. I'll give you every cliche in the book if you want them. But this is way too many points. 14, I mean, A-grade play for me. It's not even a question mark. I love getting the 14. Maybe we push, maybe we lose, but I think we win this way more times than not. Uh, Mm -hmm. Texas State... Just not that much better than than Florida National. Both of them garbage. I'm not. I hope this game probably isn't on TV. I really hope it isn't because nobody should watch this. Nope. Um, nope. They shouldn't. I, I was going to say if you, have, if you have kids, if you have kids, family, sure, friends, yeah. sure. But otherwise, you shouldn't be watching this game. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'm hoping that it's on ESPN Plus, and I could like use that as some crutch. Be like, I'm oh, sorry, I don't have an ESPN Plus subscription. I'm sorry. <laughs> I give you my login. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, but the thing is, is I find a way to watch it. If there's a game exactly. on I really want to watch. So Exactly. But every, exactly. It's not really, it's a bad excuse. I'm it, yeah. it's poking holes right through that one. Yeah. Uh, another game that'll probably be rough. Uh, 730 Eastern kickoff San Jose state at Auburn. I mean, obviously San Jose state's going to be massively outclassed here. Auburn uh, ranked 20, 27th, uh, just outside of my top 25 rankings. Uh, San Jose State 93rd, just outside, just inside the top 100. Uh, but obviously, Auburn at home is a much better team. Model says Auburn minus 20.7. Um, so on the other side here, I'll grab the 22 points for San Jose State. It's not a really a huge edge, but I think there's a really good chance Auburn wins this game by 20 or 21. So I think I'd rather be on San Jose State. There's obviously a chance that Auburn wins this game by 50, and it's actually right on the total at 50 to nothing. I mean, that's right. that's that's definitely possible. But Auburn has no reason to run the score up. Um, and again, I, I like that I, I like that I went at 21 and 20, but again, not a huge edge. I would need a lot more points before I felt really confident about this play. So, I mean, if it goes up yep. to 24, 24 and a half, obviously if it was a situation like Buffalo last week when I are seeing a 27 to 28, I'm getting yeah. excited about this play. I'm not yep. excited about the number. I just think I'd rather have I'd rather take the points and lay the points in a situation yep. where um, I think 20 and 21 are pretty likely. Auburn, not a great SEC team. Um, and no real reason to run the score up. So I'll grab the points here uh, with San Jose State. This is hopefully their Super Bowl. They go out, play hard, lose by 17, and we can get the cover. Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? Yeah, so um, let's see. What do I have on this? So first of all, I fully endorse your play of taking the 22 and a half points here because I, I feel like I am irrationally in the tank for San Jose State. Uh, Brett Brennan, the, uh, the the head coach there, I think he's done good things at San Jose State. Had a couple of really good years, had a down year. I think it was yeah last year they had a down year. They brought in Chevin Cordero, the quarterback from Hawaii. And so, you know, bringing a little taste of the islands to the West Coast here, you know, that's always a good thing. The other thing that I would say about Auburn is, is that, um, I, this no Bo Nix, <laughs> no Bo Nix. Um, this isn't one hundred percent factual, but I think it's much closer than people think. Chevin Cordero might be the best quarterback in this game. Wow! Maybe. Wow! Uh, 
this is has he figured from- out has he figured out how to stop randomly throwing interceptions on back-to-back passes? Well, what I can't, what I can't. That's so, the big question I have. <laughs> and and who's who to knows? say? Um, yeah, yeah, but the the thing is, is that I know that Zach Calzada is the backup quarterback at Auburn. I I got the full Zach Calzada experience yep. last year as an yep. AM fan. It was not pleasant. And yep. he apparently the 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 quarterback battle went deep into to camp and before TJ Finley was well. announced. Yeah, it was announced as the starter. That tells me, you know, I I don't really have too much faith. The other thing is, is like we we talk about Bo Nix all the time, but he was wildly inconsistent. And TJ Finley had had been there basically a lot of the time that, that Bo Nix had been there. And if he, there was any sense, I think of consistency. And if he was any any better than Bo Nix, he would have been playing a, a lot more, and he wasn't. So um, I don't have much faith in the Auburn quarterback situation. And so with that being the case, and the fact that I just I trust the San Jose State team not to just come in here and lay a complete egg. Like I would be very shocked. It, it's, if this was, I agree. I would I agree. They're, they're well coached. They're, yeah, they're, they're well coached. They're being they're inside the top hundred says something because it's not like they're that. There's a there's a difference between being ranked 90th and 110. 110 is you can get smoked. 90 is like you got enough talent to not completely get embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. And so I would be shocked if this were like 48 to 10 or something like that. So um, I, I think taking the points is, is the smart play here. You may have to hold your nose. It's not going to feel right. But I think there might be plenty of opportunities for a backdoor cover because I don't think Auburn's yeah. going to get up by like 38 points in this game. So so and it, hold your nose and, and take the yeah. points here. And of course, I, I joked that Auburn could win 50 to nothing. And the, and the reason I say that is you just never know with these types of games. We had the Tennessee Ball State game. We talked about that in week one where – Ball State was acting by 100 yards, but down like 35 nothing at the half because turnovers. And that's how this game can get ugly for San Jose State. Turnovers, if they do the same thing that Ball State did at Tennessee being at Auburn, the same sort of thing. Sometimes these games get really ugly. So we always have to understand that's on the table that Auburn may win by a floppity billion because if you yeah. do, if you have the turnovers, if you give up a punt return for a touchdown, if you have, if you decide, if it all of a sudden gets to 21 nothing, you're like, we got to go for fourth down at midfield, you know, and you miss it, it then it gives them a short field. Now, boom, it's 28 nothing. So, these types of things are on the table, of course, but I'm with you in general. I think it's more likely that San Jose State hangs in there. The thing with Cordero, I'll, I'll, the last thing I'll say about this is watching a lot of Hawaii football last year, um, and a lot of you viewers may have stayed up and watched them as well too, rather than doing the smart thing and the responsible adult thing, which I know we all struggle to do, which is go to bed. <laughs> Sleep. Sleep. Um, he, he has some fantastic passes. He could look really good, but I made the joke about the interceptions. Yeah. He sometimes just yeah. got a little bit pass happy, made some really stupid throws. It's not a joke. It's, it's facts. It's fact. Yeah. He he made some really stupid throws and obviously you hope that better coaching, more maturity can fix that. He has some potential though. He made some, he made some really good plays and he'd have some really good drives. And obviously he brings an element to that San Jose state offense that might make them again, respectable, which talk about good coaching jobs is good. San Jose state usually be in the 120s as well. Um, They've of course the last couple of years, last two, three years or whatever, been respectable and uh, he, he brings a level of, of talent to that quarterback position. He's just yeah. got to rein it in and not make those mistakes. And, and they'll be, again, competent, can hang in there, cannot get yeah. embarrassed, which is all you need getting 22 and a half points is just to not get embarrassed. Yep. Uh, speaking of embarrassments, USC at Stanford, <laughs> an early conference game. Uh, what a USC, transition. What I do what I can. Well, I do what I can. USC, USC, look, USC beat Rice by, by about 100. Um, and yeah. I had Rice, but look, I'm going to defend that play. Uh, if we if we did like nine shows a week, we could go back and recap and just be like, okay, this happened. Defend your play. Yeah. It'd be a fun show. Um, I don't know, like five people no. watch that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna defend my play on Rice. USC had three pick sixes. I feel like that wow. is yeah. really uncommon. Um, 
you know, otherwise that game was right around the spread, which is what I said. I think that Rice can hang in there and not get completely embarrassed. When you throw three pick sixes, uh, one of the pick sixes happened when Rice was at the 10 yard line going into score. So, I yeah. mean, that's a 14 point swing right there. So, I mean, you take that and the other two, he's 28 points right there. So, I mean, USC obviously embarrassed Rice. Um, back to my so embarrassment. Um, but I'm not sure USC that that was really representative. And that's where you talk about having to sometimes watch the game and see what's going on with it uh, to really understand. That said, I'm still on USC minus nine at Stanford. I do not believe in Stanford. I don't think they're very good whatsoever. Um, I'm probably not going to back USC often this season because I think in general yeah. they're probably a little bit overrated. But this is, I think, the time to do it because while Stanford – can ugly up this game. I think this line is hanging at nine when it should be higher because I think we're remembering too many times when Stanford has uglied up this game. But yep. if I recall last year's game with these two teams felt backwards and I feel like we're now to the point where you don't know which team is which and let's just go with one team's a lot better than the other and I'm going to stick with that. So USC minus nine, I just think they're a lot better because I don't trust Stanford whatsoever. Model says it should be USC minus 11. Again, mm-hmm. early conference game, but a nice little three percentage here. I like I said, I just don't trust Stanford. This is, I think, one of the few times that USC might be undervalued all season long. I'm gonna lay the points. Yep. I think they can win by double digits. What do you think? <sighs> Man, yeah, it's just uh, the Stanford was not Stanford last year. No, it, except in the USC game. Yeah, that yeah. was the only time they weren't. They weren't Stanford then either. They were some other team. That was good. They played yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. And, like and, they were throwing the ball deep and hitting receivers, and it yeah. was very confusing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, man, I, I, I'm like, I'm like you. I'm down on Stanford. I mean, the model ha- or it has them at 68th, the 68th best team. Actually, you know, one one point below average, which which is difficult to imagine Stanford being after that long run they had where they were so consistent. That's been Stanford the last little last little couple of years, right? I mean, they've just yeah. been yeah. for the most part. Yeah, and there was never really an excuse for USC playing the way that they did against Stanford all these years anyway. And I think now that they've got Lincoln Riley in there, and I think it's just like every kind of everybody's kind of taken a. a, a sigh of relief you know they they they're not waiting for the other shoe to drop they're they're probably playing a little bit looser not as uptight saying hey is my coach going to be the coach tomorrow after this game is over are they gonna are they gonna leave them there and not let them fly back on the plane (laughs) yeah yeah so um i i'm not touching this game i but i think if I had to pick a side, I would lay the points with USC. I think that there might be, even though it wasn't this coaching staff or even hell, like a majority of these players, like I just think there's going to be like yeah, this overwhelming yeah. sense of here is our chance to prove that we are a different USC than what we've been in the past. And, and Stanford may score, you know, like, I don't know, a decent amount of points here, but, but I feel like USC may score like 55 in this game. It's implied it that the, the team total here would be around 28 for Stanford. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I don't know. I, if you, if you're asking me if it's around 28, then yeah, I think that, that USC can probably get to like 41 or something. So yeah. I would lay the points if I had to, I'm, I'm just, I want this to be a good game, but at the same time, I, part of me also wants to be like, Hey, USC, show me something against a, a down Stanford team that, that makes me think that, that this USC, maybe not this USC, but just USC in general can be kind of on the mend and coming back and giving us really good football on, on the West coast again. No offense, Oregon, like you've had some really good teams out there Oregon but let's just be honest everything's more exciting when when USC is really good yeah absolutely I I think the more I think about this game the more I think kind of like what you're saying primetime game this is the spot for USC to 
just destroy Sanford. And you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, with these two teams, sometimes it gets weird, obviously. I just don't think the historical matchups mean a lot. And, and I'm saying that, not, and you've already kind of acknowledged that because I'm saying this to yep. the viewer. I don't think the historical matchups mean a lot. Most of the players weren't there. Uh, most of the coaching staff wasn't there. Um, if you need more evidence of that, we talked about it already. Nebraska Northwestern, last year's game, not really relevant. Let's look at the totality of data and not the one thing. Right. So I know people are going to get stuck on they have this team's number or whatever. I don't really buy into that, but I really don't buy into it when not like a single player from USC is playing from that team last year. It's, right. you know, they're, they're, they're starting 22 has got like 19 transfers on it or something. I mean, it's right. a whole new everything. And I just don't think there's, I don't think there's a stylistic thing. I just think it's Stanford's played well against USC and they get up for USC, but they're not going to catch USC by storm, especially like you said last year. I think this is USC's chance to go out there. Like you said, show something. Yeah. and dominate i really think this game might get ugly uh i wish the number was better but depending on what sort of research i do this is when i may up up to an a grade play depending on where the number goes mm-hmm. uh, later on in the week because like i said i just i think they're going to kill stanford i think it's going to be ugly and yeah. then what i think is going to happen is i think i'm not sure i'm going to be on usc for the rest of the season because i think that might they might win by so much that it, it shoots their perception up and all of a sudden now there's no value on them because people are going to treat them like they're the fifth mm-hmm. best team in the country. And I think they're good, but I don't think they're that good. So uh, just a little prediction for going forward. If they do actually play really well, I think it'll be really hard to back USC going forward because I think they'll be overpriced. Right. Uh, 7.30 Eastern kickoff. A sneaky good game here. Arizona State at Oklahoma State. Uh, sneaky good. Sneaky good, uh, you know, undercard type game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, a fringe top 25 team model has them at 23. Arizona State's ranked 47th. Uh, Two big names, two. Arizona State, I mean, what are they going to offer this year? We talked about them on the season preview show. There's a lot of question marks around that program. Uh, Oklahoma State is an 11-point favorite. I'm going to grab the 11 points with Arizona State. Uh, um, Oklahoma State, uh, all of us, and you you nailed it on the season preview episode. So, I mean, hopefully – viewer you saw that and soaked in all the good knowledge that uh, all the good research <laughs> and knowledge that cousin jared dropped on you there um questioned if oklahoma state and OU would all of a sudden flip from last year with regards to their strengths and sure enough oklahoma state uh who boy looks a whole lot like the old oklahoma state and not like yeah. last year's version i mean they're gonna score some points <laughs> that, that, that looks like that looked like that looked like the oklahoma state offense that that, that was we know and love. We were still in the big 12 yes yeah yes. when brandon whedon and and what's his face yeah the number blackman blackman tearing yeah. us up Running the same RPO same play. slant. Every God, single play. Every yeah, play. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and he was so tall. It was just like throwing up to him. He'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's so strong and physical. But so, yeah, yeah. Uh, good offense for Oklahoma State. But defense, a big question mark. Uh, total 58. I'm going to say that feels a little bit low. And a lot of times when I talk about totals, I talk about unders as well. Cousin Jerry, we give you a hard time for the unders. But I mean, I like unders yeah. probably as much as you do. And, and we lean that yeah. direction in general as well. But I mean... Uh, uh, 58 feels like an overplay to me. I just don't know how either team's going to get some stops. There's going to be some late points. I'm taking the 11. I really think there's I think there's a good chance Oklahoma State wins by 10 or 11. I think there's a great backdoor opportunity in this game. Because you saw mm-hmm. last week with Oklahoma State, they got up, they went, their offense went into a turtle, and they just couldn't do anything. Their defense can't stop anybody. I, I, I'm not saying Oklahoma State can't run away with this game. I'm not saying Oklahoma State doesn't win this game. I'm not saying Oklahoma State can't cover this game. Don't mishear me. Dear listener, what I am saying is based off what I saw last week, based off what we've seen with Mike Gundy, as a trend as a coach, he gets up and he plays scared. And if he plays scared with a lead, they aren't they're gonna stop scoring, and that defense isn't gonna be able to stop 
Arizona State from scoring. Not that I love Arizona State's offense, but that Oklahoma State defense is so bad. Like I said, I think there's backdoor potential massively here. I'm grabbing all 11 points. It's a B-grade play. I can't give it an A-grade play just because I don't think Arizona State's that good. I just, like I said, I think that there's so much backdoor potential here. I think the 11 makes too much sense. Uh, Cousin Joe, what do you got for us? <sighs> so... I, I mean, okay, everybody, I, if you watched our season previews, you know that I am down on Arizona State. So let's just kind of start there that like I have a baseline. I took of, their under, so I am too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a, I have a hard time, uh, you know, it's even taking the points with Arizona State in this situation. You mentioned the over. Um, Spencer Sanders, talk about fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me four times. Like how many times can Spencer Sanders fool you here? Um Man, that 44 points that Central Michigan put up on Oklahoma State does not um, sit well with with you, (laughs) does it? I mean, it really makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, My my thought is is that I have – you're not going to believe I'm saying this. I think I would lean to the under in this Wow. Wow. Because, because I just don't trust Spencer Sanders and God knows I don't trust anybody on the, even yeah. at the coaching staff at Arizona state. Yeah, and sure. so I, I, I trust Spencer Sanders to have one or two untimely turnovers and I trust Arizona state to just in general be incompetent. And like, when you look at, okay, so I'm, I'm really breaking this down way too much. We'll talk about Central Michigan on, on the next show, I think. But it, take away like the first real drive that Central Michigan had when they had a script and everything. Their offensive plays were, or their offensive drive in a missed field goal, safety, punt, turnover on downs, punt. They had a touchdown, and then, then the end of the half, and then they put in, you know, Oklahoma State put in the backups, and you know, Central Michigan got like three or. Yeah, four touchdowns in the second half. So I'm not sure how many backups that was, to be honest. I mean, there's Spencer Sanders was still in the game offensively. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that, so I, I'm just, I, I don't, I would watch it every single player. So maybe someone else can tell me exactly the ratio, but it, it yeah. didn't seem like a full second string. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know how much defense you rotate too. So it's hard to say how the exact rotations played out. Maybe somebody yeah. out there knows it better than I do, but they got, they had three touchdowns. It was the style. With- was the style. just decided that's what Mike Gundy does. Yeah, yeah. he says, he's like, oh, I've, I've won this game. I'm going to play super conservative. And yeah, he'll yeah. win the game, but he ain't going to win the bet. And that's all that matters for us is the point spread, right? Yeah, that's true. So I anyway. sure wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Arizona State. I would not say they're worth the flyer on the money line. I think some of these bigger dogs might be because it's like they might have a chance to win. I don't think yeah. Arizona State really has a chance to win this game. I just think I don't trust Mike Gundy to hold an 11 point lead and actually cover a, a, a reasonably sized number. Well, and, and so the, you are the resident Big 12 expert. So definitely <laughs> I, I, I defer to you on that. I'm not touching this game, but if I had to, I, I, I'd take the under. I just like, I have questions about Spencer Sanders. I have so many questions about Arizona state. It just seems like, you know, we can get enough mess ups and and bobbles and fumbles and everything to to get the under here. It's a highly variable total because there will be mess ups. The the question is where they happen. If they happen at your own 15 yard line, that's going to be quick points for the other team. If they happen after a 60 yard drive at the 20 going in, it's going to kill the the over. So, I mean, absolutely the location matters. I, I, like I said, I just think, um, I don't have any faith in this Oklahoma State defense. Arizona State has some tape now of, of what to do. And right. I'm not saying they can execute perfectly because I'm like you. I don't have faith in that coaching staff or that, or that team. But if yeah. they can score enough points to hang in there and then when Oklahoma State decides to turtle late, uh, I think Arizona State can cover with the back door. So like I said, it'd be a great yeah. play for me, but too much on, too much uncertainty for it to get an A grade. Uh, even at 14, yeah. I wouldn't give this an A grade simply because there's too much uncertainty. I don't know right. what the heck's going to happen in this one. It should be wild. I, just, I think it makes sense to back Arizona State. It's just not going to – I mean – I just can't ever see how many points you'd have to give me before I said it's a super confident play because there's just a lot of variability in this one. Yep.
8 p.m. Eastern, Boston College, Virginia Tech, another conference game here in the ACC. Uh, getting to the bottom of the barrel here, though. Uh, Boston College ranked 72nd, according to the model. Virginia Tech, 73rd. Virginia Tech, 73rd. I mean, uh, Virginia Tech, I, I guess, it, yeah. it, it, is, it, is it over for Virginia Tech? I mean, there was such a long run where they were good, and then we were all hanging on to how they were still going to be good. Is it, is it, is it yeah. over? Is it yeah. time to just hang that up? I'm 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 worried that it is. I don't want it to be, but I'm. I'm I don't either. It's a it's yeah. an incredible atmosphere. You just see it on yeah. TV. That place is electric when it's rocking at night. Yeah, yeah. They're just not that good. Uh, nope. I'm gonna grab the three and a half points with Boston College to beat grade play. Model says it should be two and a half across the most important number in a low scoring game at three. So, I mean, I think there's a really good chance Virginia Tech wins this game by three. I think there's a decent chance Boston College wins it. If you want to take the money line, if that's your thing for the plus odds, great. If not, like yeah. I said, I'm taking the three and a half, total of 46, not expecting a lot of points. Um, should be a tight ball game. And yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't really know who wins. Uh, Boston College, uh, also not impressive in their week one game. Nope. Nope. But they're playing a team that also wasn't impressive. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all teed up for you. Not, yeah. A lot of not impressives for this one. <laughs> yeah. So what I would say about this game, if I had to pick a side, I think I'd go opposite of you. I think I'd go Virginia Tech. Um, and, and the reason that I say that is I, I was watching on Saturday morning and I couldn't figure out why the Rutgers line was moving. Because I remember when we talked about it earlier in the week, I was like, this seems like a lot of points. They were getting a touchdown at the time, touchdown, mm-hmm. even odds. And I was saying, like, why is this team getting a touchdown at even odds in a game that has a really low total? And like, who trusts either team to like really pull yep. away for another in that, that Rutgers Boston College game? The line started moving out on Saturday morning. It turns out that Rutgers starting quarterback was, was out and it got out to, to nine. And Rutgers ended up winning that game at Boston College. And so uh, this is a situation where I I think that that was a worse loss for Boston College than what you may think, not knowing that that Rutgers starting quarterback was out. The other thing is, is like, I know Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion. There is no excuse for that. But they had one of the highest win expectancies in that game for any team that ended up losing. To be fair, the the model knows that. The model knows that exactly. So it's not like – that's not being baked in here to just, just view yeah. or beware. It's not, it's not like the model is completely missing that it knows how they play it. And it knows that. So it's not in, like in the model. Yeah. And the model also takes, takes into account that they're playing at home here. You mentioned that atmosphere. It's going to be a real, I think it's gonna be a really tough play for, uh, yeah, play for Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech gets one of the bigger home field advantages. Yeah, so just all of those things combined, like Boston College just coming off a, a, a really, you know, bad loss that I think was worse than it even appears on paper. And then you've you've got Virginia Tech where, yeah, also a loss, but I think there's some stuff that they could build on off of that. Like when you look at all the things, like all of the little like single individual things that went wrong that they had to lose that game. Um, just them coming back home, I, I don't see those same mistakes happening over again. And and so I'm not I'm not touching this game. I think it's going to be what's what's the total on this game? 46. That that may be that may feel high. <laughs> that, that may be one to look at yeah. under later in the yeah. week. Um, um, so I don't think there's going to be very many points in this game. But man, it just I, I just don't have a good feeling in my gut about Boston College after how they lost that game to Rutgers. Um, you know we're we're an hour and twenty five into this, and now I'm going to deep dive into that Boston College Rutgers team because I watched that entire game. Uh, wow. There was just not and, a lot. Of, not a lot. If, of y'all, if y'all think I have a problem, I mean, oh, I've got I've got five screens up at one time on a Saturday, and there was I think yeah. there were only like five games. I had to have it up, you know. Um, yeah. I'm not going to dive into this analysis. Don't turn off. Um, I'm going to talk like for 30 seconds here. All I'm going to say is Rutgers did not win that game because of 
their offense. They won it because of yeah. their defense and they won it because they wore down Boston college with the running game. And I'm just not sure Virginia tech is going to be able to do that. Rutgers of Virginia mm. tech are built differently. So that's the other thing just that I'll counter mm. with that is Rutgers won that game because at the end of it, they were just gashing Boston college. They got the ball late to try to take the lead. And it was, or, or try to kill the clock in which what it was. I think it was take the lead. And it was like three yard run, four yard run, four yard run, four yard yeah. run, five yard run, eight yard run, eight yard run, 12 yard run, 20 yard run, 30 yard touchdown run or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. they were just gashing them. And I, I, Rutgers, that's what Shiana wants to do is just yeah. big boy football. And yeah. I'm not saying Virginia can't do that. I mean, they, they obviously have, they're obviously really good athletes. All these guys aren't division one, right? Preface that was saying that. I'm just, that's just not. I just don't see them doing that. If they were going to do that, they should have done that to Old Dominion. They would have, if they could have done that, they would have to Old Dominion and won it because that would have been the game plan to go on the road and beat an Old Dominion team that mm-hmm. is is outmatched physically. Is just pound the ball on them, and they weren't able right. to do it. So I don't think either one of these teams is going to be able to handle that sort of game. But I don't think either one can do it. So I just don't take much from that Rutgers loss because I just don't think stylistically that's the. the the same situation here. So like I said, I'm grabbing the field goal. I'm grabbing the hook. If it was three, it's yeah. a different story, but getting the hook, like you said, low total. I agree with you. Uh, mm-hmm. 46. Yeah. It can happen because of turnovers and special teams, but that's really going to be it. I mean, if, yeah. if there's no, if there's no turnovers deep in your own side or punt returns for touchdowns, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be any kickoff returns for touchdowns. I don't think there'll be any kickoffs. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. punt returns and turnovers deep in your own side of the field. Otherwise, there's not going to be a lot of points in this game. Points at a premium, give me the field goal and the hook. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. a great play for me personally. Closing us out of this episode. Again, got a lot more games to talk about on show three. We'll bring on our friend Jake there to talk about those games we haven't covered yet. But Baylor and BYU, if you can stay up for this one, folks, it should be a doozy. 10 15 yep. Eastern out in Utah. The, the Storm and Mormons uh, model ranked them 18th pretty well. Models got B, uh, got Baylor at 10th. Uh, wow. I'm a Baylor fan. Disclaimer for those of you who don't know, no no Baylor bias in the model. Um, I'll fade my teams. It, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to our picks and to our wallets, not to my fandom. Obviously, yeah. I want Baylor to win this game, but this pick has nothing to do with that. The model says it should be about a pick em. Uh I tend to agree. I think Baylor's a little bit better of a team. Uh, BYU looked fantastic in that opener. I laid the 12 with them uh, on the road and just said, I think they can go out there and outclass South Florida. And sure enough, they did. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think this Baylor team is pretty good. Um, Latest that I've seen, you still have uh, two of BYU's uh, key players as questionable. Um, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua, uh, still questionable. So we don't know if those guys are going to play. That obviously matters a lot. Right. Um, uh, three and a half just seems like too much. Agree to play for me yep. on on Baylor. I know it's on the road. BYU is a really tough place to play. They also get a larger home field advantage. You have the altitude, of course, as part of it. Uh, raucous environment. Uh, love BYU. Love Utah. Love both those places. Their fans are fantastic. Uh, love college football. Love their team. I love. I love when those two teams play. Um, yeah. It's you know Utah State not quite the same, but otherwise you know <laughs> the state of Utah. We just you know it's a lot of fun when those teams are good. I think BYU is really good. Uh, we touched on the season preview episode. This BYU schedule is just brutal. Um, and this is part of it here now having to travel back across the country home yeah. to face a pretty good Baylor team. Like I said, three and a half points is too many. I think it should be a pick them. model thinks it should be a pick them. I tend to agree. I think Baylor's better, but on the road cancels out. It's that simple, yeah. really. I don't think you have to analyze it more than that. So I'm going to grab the three and a half with Baylor. A great pick. Total of 53. Um, it should be a fantastic game. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
fantastic game. Take the points. Uh, again, I think it's just that simple. I don't think you have to analyze it too yeah. much more than that. So, uh, cousin Jared, what do, you, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think you're right. The other thing I would say about the total is like, I, I wouldn't recommend making a play on this total, but I think both offenses are going to be better than they were. La- not, not better. I think Baylor's offense is going to be better than they were last Absolutely. year. I think some people, with, with Algiers leaving BYU, that that they might have a little bit of a downturn in the offense. But Jaron Hall, guys, is really good. And BYU can just plug in just about anybody, and they're going to be like a 1,200-yard running back. And, and true. so I would say, like, don't 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 think about that. So um, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here is traditionally I think you might head toward the under in this situation, but I'm saying it was slow down, slow your roll a, a little bit there. I think you should be wary of this total. This feels like a pretty good number to me. Um, I, I think everything that you said is, is pretty good. Like everything that I look at says that this game should be a pick em. maybe BYU favored by one or two points, but like less than three, less, less than three. When I saw it, when it, when earlier in the week, when it was two and a half, I was like, okay. Yep. Three and a half. Yeah. Huh? That, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And the other yeah. thing is, is like just being here in Texas, you know, I see more Baylor being in the SEC West. I saw a lot of Miranda when he was at LSU. Obviously, when he was at Wisconsin, he was getting a lot of t- television time there, too. It's just like I, I have faith in Aranda to come up with yeah. – uh, a way to at least slow down the BYU offense and give Baylor a chance. And so maybe that results in them losing by a field goal. I don't know, but it just like you said, three and a half, I you can't believe that you're getting the hook yep. there. Um, so yeah, no, no official play for me here. I think this is going to be a great game, but it'd be very, very tough to pass the, the three and a half points here. Yeah. And, and I think the plus odds of the money line makes sense as well. Just to correspond to that. I think uh, again, 50, 50 game, give me plus odds any day of the week. Um mm-hmm. The other thing, as you talked about, uh, Shapin for Baylor, best quarterback Baylor's had probably since Bryce Petty, uh, mm. can make some good throws. Uh, sort of yeah. a little bit last year uh, in the limited time he played, but he can make some throws and adds a, an element to the Baylor offense that we haven't seen in years. Baylor's had to rely on the defense the last several years, uh, which has been great. Defense taking a little bit of a step back, losing a lot of key players mm-hmm. um, from last year's team. Defense still good, just not amazing. Uh, but like I said, I think the, the offense has gotten a lot better. Um, Baylor last year, a pretty good team. And uh, like I said, I think I think they, they lost a few things, but gained a few things. Some of the, the new guys, I think they'll still be pretty good. Um, not you know not in the same classes as obviously you know Georgia, Alabama, or whatever. But I mean, absolutely yeah. in that next tier, and that next tier with all those teams, where you're saying who knows who's going to really be four yeah. through ten. They're in that mix, and uh, yeah. right yeah. now the model has them just on the bottom side of that. But in that group, where who knows what's going to happen? A lot of uh, a lot of unknowns with a lot of these teams. Baylor, like I said, in shape and giving them a, a dimension there that, that they haven't seen before. And and I think there's an interaction effect as you mentioned that Dave Aranda being a fantastic head coach uh having a quarterback who can do what shaping can do this year Mm -hmm. uh, I think gives him just so many so many things that he can do um that we haven't seen what he can do before because he hasn't had a quarterback like this in his limited tenure obviously Matt World either uh both those guys just had to rely on on defense and and Aranda obviously a good defensive coach but also um uh, again, having a good quarterback matters a lot. So, like I said, yep. I think I think Baylor's got a good shot to pull this off. Uh, grab the points, grab the money line. It's an A grade play for me. Uh, fandom aside, uh, as much as I like BYU, I, I think this Baylor team is is pretty dang good. Uh, like right. I said, I'm already giving BYU as much respect as I can home field wise. I, I can't give them any more than I already am. Because uh, this is where we usually go to the uh, two minute drill, but you you made the joke last week, so I'm going to uh, title the segment "The Kill the Clock Offense." Um, yeah, yeah. What all do you want to talk about that we already covered that you want to go back 
and add plays for or, or, or retouch on? Yeah, so the, the first one is my, my, my first play that we talked about on, on the first episode of this week, Duke Northwestern. I don't know what's going on. That total opened around 55 and a half, went up to 57 and a half. We got it uh, on the show, episode one, at under 56 and a half. I really liked it at that number. It has gone back up to 58. I'm adding another unit on the under 58 in Duke and Northwestern. This is just like, okay, 58 is the dumbest number. Yeah, I cannot so, believe it got to 58. Yeah, me and you both, brother. Uh, I would say that with <laughs> Northwestern, like, don't get distracted by the fact that they played Nebraska in week one. It's Nebraska. Weird things are going to happen. And what I would also say about Duke is um, definitely you could look at Duke's offensive performance last year, and the, the offense was a, a lot uh, stronger than the defense was. The problem is, is they, like, had to be because they were the Duke's defense was atrocious, yeah. and, and they were having to just try to score and score and score. They were playing against a lot of teams' backups because they had a lot of blowouts. And so I think the offensive skill was, was a little bit inflated. I mentioned to you that Elko – Great defensive coach. I've already talked about that ad nauseum. I think it boils down to, I don't think either of these teams want to play a high scoring game. Like I, yeah. that is not what Northwestern wants agree. to do. And I don't think that's what Duke wants to do. And, and so I, like you said, 58, like the, the, the second or third most common number. I have no idea why it's gotten this high. Um, I, so I'm adding another unit at under 58. It, this is it. Go ahead. I was just going to add, it's like we talked about earlier with the App State A&M game, right? A lot of it matters about how the teams want to play. And if one team wants to play a different style, you have to figure out who's going to win out. Mm-hmm. Just like App State and A&M, I don't think either one of these teams want to play fast. Uh, they yep. can yep. if needed, they, and, and they'll, they'll, they don't have the talent to really dominate. So I think that's the other thing, too, when you look at these teams is a lot of the teams that they're playing can kind of control the pace against them and force Northwestern or Duke to play at their speeds. Right. But when they're each playing each other, I'm like you. I think they both want to go as slow as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I am quite positive that this is probably going to be the death nail since I added a second unit to it. But, hey, if, if this means that we get a Duke and Northwestern game with 62 total points, then, again, like Houston and UTSA, it was worth it was worth, the cost. <laughs> it was worth every penny. <laughs> it was worth every penny, yeah. Um, and the other play, I, I can't believe that this actually happened as well because it's almost exactly what I said would happen. I said if that Georgia Southern line moved up from 21 and a half, I, I would take it. And I can't believe it, but it is up to 24. So I am going to take the 24 points with Georgia Southern against Nebraska. Um, if you wanted a slightly different angle on this, I think that you could look at like maybe taking the points. In the money line. Money, money line. line. Okay. Georgia Southern money line. I'm not taking the money line. If you Don't wanted do to that, take, Don't if do you, that. if you wanted to take the, the points in the first half here, like I think that's probably not a bad play either. Like, you know, maybe you get 13 and a half. Maybe you get, four, get lucky, you get like 14 or something like that. I, I wouldn't think with Nebraska, they would set it at 14 because that's kind of Nebraska's MO um, to, to stink. Um, especially at the beginning of the game uh, because I could just see Nebraska coming out tight and, and just like they did last week against North Dakota. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm taking the 24 points with, with Georgia Southern. Again, this is too many points. I can't believe that we're getting 24 again. Just like This is just like with Buffalo last week at Maryland, yeah. in my opinion. So many key numbers that, that you're getting when you yeah. go up to 24. So I'm going to take 24 points with Georgia Southern. I, I'm curious on – your first half thought with Nebraska, they kind of crumbled at the end of the Northwestern game. And there was all the rumblings of maybe they threw up too much in fall practice because of all that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm just wondering, cause it, that aside, I would be with you hundred percent. And I would say hmm. my fear with this would be that Northwestern's got more able bodies and they're going to be able to wear them out physically. And it gets ugly at the end of the game. But I mean, based off hmm. what we saw against Northwestern and, and Northwestern's a better team than Georgia Southern, but 
are we certain about that? Like, I just, I just, I hesitate. I pause a little bit because I'm like, I'm just mm. not sure that this Nebraska team is set up to throw those body blows and wear down the opposing team because that's what mm. they should have done to Northwestern and yeah. they didn't. So that's my like, do yeah, we have to play the first half because it's not uh, otherwise. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to. I'm, I'm just saying if you wanted to look another way. And, yeah, yeah. and my rationale more on that is that I think like. Nebraska just comes out uptight. Like somehow the, this was. But if that happens, was, didn't that didn't that linger? Why would that go away? I I, I mean, because it eventually went away with North Dakota. I think like they finally got on track and kind of got it together. Like, but it's just one of those things. Like it's just so like with Nebraska. Like it's just so much. Like we're getting into psychology now, but it's it just is, like it is. It's just so much. Like it's just this feeling. Like the game kicks off and you're like, it, what's gonna go wrong? You and know and the home and the home crowd it feels that senses that and yeah. the players sense that and the, yeah. you know, the crowd having that nervous energy, right? I mean, they, they, it, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in professional athletes at the NFL, at the NBA and, and major league baseball. This stuff mostly doesn't apply. Most right. of the time, the professional athletes have been the best. They've been scrutinized. They have a mental drive and that this stuff doesn't apply to them. People like to think it does because we like to make narratives in our head. I don't think it applies to professional athletes, college athletes, 19 year old kids that haven't been through a professional athlete. Yeah. A lot of these guys are, are 25 and 27 and 29 and they've had an extra however many years of this stuff to yeah. go through. Yeah. Whereas these colleges in Nebraska, how many of them have ever played in front of this many people other than, yeah. you know, so I'm not saying it, it absolutely matters to the college kids. I'm just saying I, I believe in it much more. And absolutely, I believe the crowd, that nervous energy, the fact that the cheers are a little bit less, the groans, the yeah, that absolutely affects things, especially with, like I said, 19 year old kids. And uh, yeah. yeah, like we talked, we, we talked about, you have to wonder about the coaches and how they're feeling and desperation and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on Georgia Southern as well. So yeah, that's all I got. All right. All right. Well, uh, any, any other parting words, non picks related? I, I don't think so. We're, we're excited for a third episode with, with our friend <laughs> Jake coming later in the week. We have more games to talk about. Um, I feel like by the time we get through with all these episodes, we're all just shot. We're like, we've talked so much about football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, it's, have, it's, but it's the best time of the year, people. It is. It is. It is. There's so much content right now with all the baseball yeah. content, uh, all this college football content. Uh, we'd have a blast with it. So uh, thanks again for watching. Uh, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're here, please consider subscribing or following uh, or join us on Patreon. Um, we've got so much content here, so many benefits uh, that are provided for you. Share with a friend. Um, all those fun things, right? Uh, Google Sheet has, has yeah. model. We're like so far to the end of the episode. I don't even know where we are. Anymore. Google Sheet has model picks, projections, and results. Uh, you can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. We'll see you again. It's because Jared mentioned we have one more college football episode. Uh, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>